God bless you. You'll probably have to give me. That's good. Thank you, Brother Kyle, for the prayer. I appreciate that very, very much. Um, your voice, you said, your voice. Let your voice speak to the sheep. Thank you, Father. And I wrote it down. Thank you, Father. That was my prayer today. I would like to say that I, I prayed for the congregation, uh, each of you. I can't name you, but he names you. He has your name. And he knew everybody that's going to be here, where you're going to sit. And uh, I, I prayed specifically in that direction because, because uh, uh, of what I'm going to speak on. And I can't, uh, you can't cover it, you know. I want to approach a subject where prophet of God said, don't ask me, I can't explain it. <laughs> and if he can't explain it, and Jesus couldn't explain it, I can't explain it. And we can't explain it. And sometimes we have to come to a place where we accept that. And without getting lax or lazy, we say, well, I, I just believe it. I don't know why I believe it exactly, but I believe it. My heart says amen. I remember uh, a brother that came in uh, into the message some years ago, and uh, he's passed away now. He wasn't real elderly, but he passed away. Brother, brother Amy Mulan. And uh, he said he was an alcoholic. And they tried everything. He tried. He was a very, very devout Catholic. And they tried. He tried everything. The family tried everything. He tried every program there was. And he couldn't defeat his alcoholism. And uh, his brother on the island came to the message from our radio broadcast and uh, and uh, and his brother brother Amy was delivered from alcohol you remember him sister Violet and he told me he said he said I'm just so amazed he said I'm so amazed he said I've tried everything. I even went down to the South Pacific, to the islands, and gave my life as a missionary. And I thought, surely I'll be delivered. I joined the choir in the Catholic Church. I did everything. He said, I couldn't overcome this. And then he said, I, I, I just came to the knowledge of the message. He didn't know the message or understand it or all the things. And he was delivered. He thought, wow. And he phoned his mother on the, in Victoria, and he said, I'm delivered. I'm free. Oh, yeah, she said, we've heard that before. <laughs> we've heard that before. Then he came to me, he says, I'm so disappointed, he said. My mother doesn't believe me. And uh, he said, what should I do? I said, just leave it for six months. Amen. So after six months, he called her. He says, hey, Mom, I'm delivered. Still delivered. She says, oh, I, I've heard that before. You know, she expected him to fall off the wagon. So I, he said, what should I do? He came to me so disappointed. I said, wait for a year. 
So he waited for a year and called her. And I'll tell you, his, his steadfastness, and I have a message on that which I won't speak, but his steadfastness overcame their unbelief. <laughs> and you want to remember that. Your steadfastness can overcome. Light is stronger than darkness. God is stronger than the angels that fell. You, he that's in you is stronger than Satan. Stronger than any unbelief or any doubt or any shadow. You want to remember that always. And uh, God is greater than any question that this human mind can gender up. And why is this and why is that? He's greater. And that's sometimes where we have to come to believe. And I want to thank also those that have uh, prayed, uh, prayed for me. We want to remember Brother Harold Hildebrand. Brother John Andes was just up there uh, preaching for them. And uh, Brother Harold is very, very weak in his body, and uh, we want to remember him in prayer. Brother Tom and Michael are in Texas, Dallas, Texas, actually at Bedford, with Brother David McGarry, and we are thankful for that. And I guess you have been moved, have you, Brother Kyle? You're resident now of Duncan, British Columbia. God bless you. I have many friends over there, Cowichan and up the island. I trust they'll make contact with you. We'll do everything we can. <clears throat> um, those of you that were in the service when Brother David, uh, Brother Aaron McGarry was here, and he spoke on uh, unashamed. If you haven't heard it, and I did hear it, I was sitting in my chair. If I looked a wee bit stunned, <clears throat> I was. Uh, he talked very fast, uh, but every one of his sentences are a statement. And it was very powerful and very wonderful. And I would, uh, I would recommend you hear it again. I heard it again yesterday. Because also I was already uh, studying and I was preparing for this service today, which I would like to speak on the Son of Man. And because that is Jesus Christ, uh, who, can, who can in a speech or who can in a message or who can in a sermon get around that subject? And he, uh, he said some words and I, 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 want to <clears throat> I want to convey to you today, you know, just some of the things how uh, perhaps I personally approach things. Uh, one of the things as I, as I read the message, I don't ever just read the message to read a sermon. That isn't why. I, I want to sometimes see, you know, why did he approach this at this time in this ministry? I wonder how many times he approached it. And so I was wondering, I have never spoke on the messianic sign or the sign of Messiah. And we know that 
Brother David said, Brother uh, Aaron said something very, very interesting. He said the sign attracted the people. And that is true. I lived in that era. And the revelation of the Son of Man scattered them. And that is very true. So the sign of Messiah attracted the people. And I saw them in the thousands and tens of thousands. And then the revelation of him scattered the people. But that never deterred the prophet of God. Whether there were, whether there was 20, 30,000 or 300,000, he would preach it. If there was 30, he would preach it. And that's what's, that's when it's really wonderful. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> so I was curious to know how many times and when did Brother Branham speak on the sign of Messiah or the messianic sign. He said the world is looking for a Messiah. Russia would like a Messiah. Everybody wants a Messiah to get them out of their maybe their economic dilemma or their military dilemma or whatever more. Uh, Anyway, he preached on uh, the messianic sign. He mentioned it once in 1956. And he preached, that was the first time, said, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He preaches and he uses the term the messianic sign. He used it once in 1958. Where is he? king of the Jews. He used it twice in 1961. That was the first time I took him for a rest. And and both messages were, sirs, we would see Jesus. And one of them he said, would you like to see him? I can't do that. But he knew that the one that sent him would stand by him and perform the sign of revealing the secrets of the hearts of the people. And so he did it twice in 1961, and and both of them were in services. Sirs, we would see Jesus. Then once in 1962, is this the sign of the end, sirs? That was the last service of 1962, before the seals would be opened in 1963. And then he spoke at once in 1963, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Spoke it 13 times in 1964. And those services are identification. A greater than Solomon is here now. The identification of Jesus Christ in all ages scriptural sign of the time and three times the presence of God unrecognized and then once in who is Jesus once the last time in 64 the mighty God unveiled the sign of Messiah messianic sign And once in 1965, who is this? Melchizedek. 
and each one of those is he uses the phrase the messianic sign so buried somewhere in there is uh, so brother Colbus you send your report once a week and I read it every week about how many sentences and how many books and how many messages and how many languages and uh, uh, working with our brother Tim Dodd and I would say that the fact that there's another two or three hundred sentences that have been translated almost every week and sometimes six and seven hundred I think of the people that are able to read this in those languages in Chaluba and, and different languages of Africa and the world and how wonderful and how glorious it is who, who are we? Who, who's this church? What are we? That God should allow us to take the Chinese Bible and who are we that God would bring a person by on his way to the other side of Canada Brother Murphy and Sister Tracy young couple just married no children as yet and here they stop here and are baptized in this tank in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and 18 years later uh, it's believers like you people here that say uh, you know that's why everybody has their own particular nature and the Chinese people have a work ethics and have a certain nature to be precise so they wrote down <coughs> That's not what our Bible says. They wrote it down and made a reference and then another time wrote it down and they made a diary of it. A few years went by and they said, well, what are we going to do? And the first time I heard translate the Bible, I just said, that's massive. That's impossible. But who are we? Who, who is who's this church? I don't care how many people we have. Who, who are we that God would, from the eternities, would see in the end time, I want this massive nation to have an accurate, they deserve to have an accurate Bible. They don't deserve to have a Bible that doesn't say these three are one. Right. They deserve to have it. And then who's going to do it? And then the Brother Branham never went to China. And I thought, this is incredible. That God would even allow us or permit us or allow us to handle it. And bring somebody by who has it in his heart. This has to happen. Yes. Friends... This isn't beams of light and this isn't uh, voices out of the eternities. This is just in the hearts of people. Uh, we we got to do this. And I have never apologized to my wife as many times as I have in the last two or three years for dragging her because she's typing from her little calendar 
where we've traveled and that almost discourages me because I realize that you know I was away from the local congregation I was away from my family and a few times a few times you know holidays and all the rest of it and and uh, and yet I'm in the mountains with the prophet of God and he just he stops and takes his hat off he says it's our anniversary <laughs> I, I, well God bless God bless his wife. No wonder he spoke about her the way he did. He said, it's our anniversary. He just bowed his head for a moment. <laughs> who, who are we to be able to take a message that God confirmed? And the angel of God said, I'll be with you. And then we're able to testify and say, I know the same God that delivered Amy Mulan. I know the same God that spoke to me. Can I explain everything? No, I can't explain everything. <laughs> and that's what Brother Amy said to me. He said, he said, my mind, theologically, I could find a thousand things, you know, wrong. I could debate it in my mind. But he said, I couldn't debate it. It worked. Right. It worked. <laughs> he was delivered. Take that, Satan. I'm delivered. Amen. So is it all right if we approach it that way? I'll have you stand and we're going to read some scripture out of Matthew's Gospel, 16th chapter. I'll read from the 13th uh, verse down to the, I'm sorry, from the 13th verse, yes, down to verse 17. <clears throat> and just before we read, we'll just ask him to be present with us. Lord Jesus, we're going to read of you. We're going to read certain words that you spoke. And a question that you asked at that time. And I pray that today it will be a reality to each one. May we put ourselves there. May we put ourselves in the place that you were speaking. And may we hear your voice as Brother Kyle prayed. Father, I will thank you for allowing us to be able to just say something, scatter out the word. And it would speak to this individual, that individual. Perhaps it's for the future days. I do not know. Perhaps it's for something that's already transpired in their lives. But we are here as your children. We are here under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you will speak to the people. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Starting at the 13th verse, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, and here's the question, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they say, now remember, if you would, these disciples have already seen miracles. 
These disciples have already heard the voice of Jesus Christ. These disciples have ate with him. These disciples have heard his voice and they have spoken with him and they have questions as well as we do and Jesus didn't answer them all but he said what he needed to say and this was one of the things and they could have said well we walk with you we eat with you we we've slept in the same building we've seen you tired we've seen you weary we've seen you perspire when you're hot we, we've seen you when, you know, you've, you've done things that we questioned, perhaps, if they were honest. Yeah. You were talking to a Samaritan woman at the well, and that's a no-no for us Jews. We would never talk to a Samaritan woman. But you were talking, and not only that, some of us knew of her life, and she was a very ill-famed woman. And then... You're the son of God. So he said, who do men say that I am? And they would go on, we go on to the 14th verse, and they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, but whom do, whom say ye? Or whom say you that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, or son of Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven, and do remember just before we sit down that Jesus was standing there in flesh and blood also. It wasn't his flesh and blood that revealed it to him. But my Father which is in heaven. Do you accept that? I thought of you people that are on the balcony on this side from the Philippines and other places, and God bless you. I'm glad that you're here today. Amen. You may have your seats. I'll be showing some slides later on, but I'd like to just continue on with my thought. <clears throat> One of the, and here's the focal thought, I'm just going to move out from this. Your attention now. The Son of Man, the, the mystery around, and what is mysterious isn't because we create a mystery, it is a mystery. Uh, the fact that Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost and born of a virgin, that, that would take, uh, that would take uh, a certain amount of acceptance without understanding. I don't understand how the Holy Ghost caused a virgin to conceive. How did that happen? You cannot physically tell me how that happened. You cannot scientifically tell me how that happened. But we're here today because we believe it happened. 
Why do we believe it? Well, because I, I know that he's living. I know that he can speak to the heart beyond my emotions. It doesn't require my emotions to... I know that Satan can duplicate a lot of those things and make people believe. Oh, they're saved. Oh, you cried. You shed tears at the altar. Uh, sinners do that. And saved people do that. Redeemed the elect do that and the non-elect. Unbelievers do it. Yeah. it th that doesn't prove anything. But we have heard him speak. And we have had him do things. Uh, supernatural things. Amen. So Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost and yet born of a virgin. That's a mystery. But that's, he became the son of man. So he's called a son of man. He's born of a woman, like you were born. We're all born of our mothers. And he was born of the Virgin Mary. But he's not of the seed of Joseph. Just hold that. So he says, now, who do men say that I am? Who, who do you say that I am? Now he's talking to people like us, believers. Well, we we believe you're you, you, we believe that you are the one that has sent we believe you're the Messiah we believe you're the anointed one but the, there was uh, there's something about that that I want to try to convey because Jesus also said before he passed and left us he said this when you see the days of Sodom, and we do, when you see the days of Noah, global trading, building, buyings, planting, all of these things happening, just an economic furor happening, when you see that, even thus shall it be when the Son of Man is revealed. So it is the revealing of him. It's not just mentally saying, well, uh, oh, that makes sense. Serpent seed makes sense. One God makes sense. That, that's, that's not what he's wanting to find out. But who do you say that I am? Well, you are the anointed one. You've taken a darkened mind. You've taken a bound life. I've done everything. I've been in churches and churches and believed this and that and everything. But this is, this is different. And you know why it's really different? Because it goes beyond your knowing. Amen. It goes beyond your understanding. You run out of mental space. And the reason I can talk about this is because I've been in the way for quite a few years. And I pondered this for a lot of years. And when I say to you that, that a gathering like this, this is not a church. Oh yes, it's a church as far as the people are concerned. It's a church like the Baptist church or the Pentecostal church or the Catholic church or some other church. It's a, it, that's the, you're talking about the building. And you're not even talking about the people. We have to talk about what this God, this who's revealing himself, this son of man that has come to the individuals and made you who you are. 
and and so we have we have if I'm going to be a little bit slow just now deliberate we have a pre-calvary before the calvary before the cross we have Jesus he's not gone to suffer yet he's not shed his blood yet he's not paid the sacrifice for sin yet but he's asking them who do you say that I am and then he said he said now a time will come and there will be another day and it'll be a day of there'll be a global situation like it'll be like unto Sodom and it'll be like unto the time of Noah at the time of the flood when all of those conditions were happening and and when you see that that's the day that's the sign that's the day it'll be like when the son of man is revealed and that's the problem in our time because you have been somehow you've been attracted or you've been in a home or you somehow God almighty God and I'll I want to address that uh, the way the prophet of God and you'll see how I, I, I will just tell you friend because I think you believe me I sometimes read as I have and I will read for you some of the most startling things and I dissect it word by word I'll say, who can say that? Who can describe that? In one moment, in one moment, this prophet of God, who you, who we know as your brother William Branham, we're not debating my daddy's greater than your daddy. It has nothing, this is greater than a denomination. I can understand why he just them to shreds because they have lied to the people they have made the people to believe that if you have this or if you believe this history or if you believe of this there our background we are the church oh you're dust and ashes and people hold people in 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 some kind of theory and a prophet of God comes along and says, that's adulterous. That's a spiritual adultery. As soon as you've denominated and now you have something, a structure for the people to believe in. And then Satan comes right in, who's the author of it all. And he gives, the, he gives those people come in. They have the same emotions. They sing and they, they get so happy and they clap their hands and they go through all the motions that you go through. And they have all the experiences, perhaps, that you have physically in the emotional realm, in the spirit realm. He can come so close. You have a memory. You have a conscience. You have a uh, affection. And I have all of those things that are so close to you. And Satan can use those to duplicate what people experience in their church and somehow feel well I I felt the spirit no no you felt your own emotions you felt your own self you just got inspired well I repented of my sins no 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 you just got sorry for bad things you did 
You understand me? Amen. And then, and then it gets, it gets uh, so that it duplicates or attempts to duplicate the, the spiritual, the actual spiritual thing that God does when he convicts a person. And they say, yes, Lord, I come. Yes, Lord, I surrender. There's a genuine side, but it's kind of mysterious. You say, well, how can you, how can you tell? Well, it's, it goes into that part we can't explain. Right. Who is this son of man that has talked to you? Who is this? It's, it, I can tell you that it's a lot more than you can figure out. It's a lot more than just coming to a place where you hear about it. And it's a lot more than just quotes. It's a lot more than just things that you hear. Because it is the one who spoke that is actually coming personally to you. Personally to you. So you excuse me as I read. In a message, Christ is the mystery of God revealed... <clears throat> There's a phrase, notice, this is at the time that the Son of Man would be revealed. The revealing of the Son of Man. So I want to say to you, genuine believers, and that's why you're here. And perhaps God wants to speak very deeply to you, and I want to just speak to the shape. It is in the, as, as Brother Aaron McGeary said, it is at the time of the revealing. That's the difficulty. And I'll tell you why it's a difficulty. That's why I'm standing here today is because don't try to figure it out. Don't try to get it all just sorted out in your mind because you can't do that. And that's why, that's why Brother Benham said, don't ask me. Please don't ask me to explain it. I can't explain it. Amen. And in the unveiling of God, in the unveiling of God, and I had not noticed before, in fact, as I have all of the, all the, I, I, I labored over this for many, many, many hours and many days. And for some weeks I have been pondering this subject. And uh, it's in the revealing of the Son of Man. If you get real tired, I'll have you just stand and we'll relax a little bit and sit back down. Is that all right? Amen. Okay, the Son of Man, pre-Calvary, what the people could not comprehend was the Son of Man was actually made the Son of God. The Word was made flesh. The Bible even says of Jesus that he became, he became uh, perfected by the things that he suffered. He was a man. He suffered things. He experienced things. He wept. He knew what that was. He had all of that as the Son of Man. 
And there was a part of it that he could not convey even to the disciples. In the, in the unveiling of God, he said, there were the multitudes there. And you can read it in the scripture. The multitudes were there. And then he, he, he's not speaking the Sermon on the Mount now. He's further on down saying, and I'm going to make some statements. He said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Now I will quote Brother Ben. He says, he never explained it. Why? It couldn't be explained. There was no way for a human to understand it. But humanly, they were able to sort it out and say, we've read in the Torah, we've read in the Bible, where it says, thou shalt not. It's a blasphemous thing to eat the flesh of a man or drink his blood. And Brother Branham goes on to say, and I'm so glad that God directed him in such a way. He goes on to say, he wants us to be cannibals. He wants us to be vampires. Because that's the conclusion they would come to just from a cultured, educated mind. It's not a cultured, educated mind that figures out the supernatural things. It's faith that you can't see and you can't feel and you can't handle. Faith. What is faith? You just believe it. They have things in science that science runs out of space. The bumblebee's not supposed to fly, but he does well at flying. His body is too big for his wings, but he, he flies very well. And, uh, and we just believe it. Well, we, we've, we've seen it happen. I can't figure it out. Science can't figure it out. Why does, the, why, does, why does the cow eat green grass and give white milk? I don't know. What is the process? I don't know. I don't intend to ever know. But it's not going to stop me from pouring milk on my porridge in the morning. I still will do that. Why? Because I just accept it. There are things in this life, we just accept it. We just believe it. And they're simple things. You know what? It's just ugly not to accept it. It's nasty just not to accept it. We just accept it. All kinds of things in this life we don't understand. I, I'm not... Uh, even the brightest of minds, whether it be Stephen Hawking or whether it be Einstein himself, they've run out of space. They can't explain things. And, we, and uh, so that's just the way it is. But pre-Calvary... On that side of Calvary, there was an aspect of the Son of Man that was difficult to say the least. And post-Calvary, after Calvary, in this day, in the revealing of the Son of Man, and you say, why are you laboring? I'm laboring over this because that is one of the major problems within the message. Is the, is the Son of Man. And I'd like to announce to them and to all that are streaming and to all that you may speak to, you will never fully understand it. You must fully believe it. And then you just understand it. And it becomes so real to you. I'm speaking to you. You cannot let go of it. 
And Jesus knew those disciples couldn't couldn't understand it and then he goes into the unveiling of God in the unveiling of God I'm so thankful for it it's in the opening pages and please don't become too weary with me I want to take my time with this but in the opening pages he said you know except you eat my flesh or drink my blood and, and, and he said what would an educated person a medically scientific person what would they say of that he wants us to be a vampire or cannibal that's what he's teaching he's teaching those things so they said and the, and the multitudes flocked away from him and then he said, then he had 70, which he had called yes. to the ministry. And 70, which he had called and chosen and sent them out to carry the message. And uh, they couldn't understand it either. And then he, he took them a step further. What was the next step he took them to? Yes, when you see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. And they said, well, we've seen the cradle where he, where he was rocked in. We know when he was a baby. We know when he was a child. His father's here. His mother's here. And they thought it was his father. They didn't understand and weren't able to believe the Son of Man. His father was not Joseph, but they... And I have the scriptures right here. And it... it uh, where they, he spoke of the... It's also in Matthew. Uh... And they all, uh, this is rather in Luke 4, 22. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? That's what was commonly believed. Is not this Joseph's son? Big mistake, folks. Big mistake. You've already bypassed the Son of Man. You're, you're gone into, you know, some physical... Does it make sense with your mind? Yeah, yeah, it makes good sense. But a huge mistake. You can never come to the revelation of the Son of Man. And then the Bible, uh, I should say the prophet of God says uh, he was left with the 70. And they couldn't explain because we've seen where he was. We've, and that is why I don't make a big emphasis on, being honest now, about where the sword came into Brother Branham's hand and the Sunset Mountain and, and the rock and all of these places. Jesus never took anybody back to where he was born. He never took anybody back to, to the grave that he raised to show them the tomb was empty. They went there actually because of their... The women wanted to anoint his body with spices. And the tomb was empty. And they're the ones that saw the angels, etc. They're the ones that had to come back to the apostles. So, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, folks, and yet I'm not sorry. They had to come back. The ladies had to come back to the apostles who were barred up in a room because of their fear. And the prophet of God now explains that. He said he was left then with 12 and the seven he left. Now he's left with 12. 
He says, and one of them's a devil. <laughs> Say, well, I, I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to join that group. Didn't you just hear what their treasurer did? He went and hung himself. He did? Oh, yeah, I don't want nothing to do with that. No, you don't want to have anything to do with that group. And the others, they don't, they don't know. They can't explain it either. And Peter even cursed and said he's not a part. They said, but your language betrays you. These people talk about a bride and they talk about things that others don't talk about. Yeah, we do have a language that is rather rare. And we do talk about things that we don't understand. But we don't talk about things we don't believe. We believe it. We believe there will be a rapture. Absolutely believe it. I believe he that puts cells in this body is the same one that can tell them and instruct them to do what they want to do. And you're looking at a speaker now. I listened to the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation when they were interviewing a short time ago, not a short time, a few, few short years ago, they were interviewing a, a, a very well-educated, a leading medical uh, doctor or professor, I don't know which, and they were asking him, and they were talking about cancer, and he said, the cells in the body, the human cell, and, they, and Brother Branham was talking about the cells in the 1950, and one goes wild. And there's a bruise and one goes wild and he describes it, he describes it better than the doctors. But he, just, he, he says something that he has a connection to the author and the creator that the medical guy hasn't got. And so he says, cells in the body are time locked. And they, at a certain point, they stop replicating themselves. He said, why do they do that? He said, we don't know. They're, they have a time sense. He said, where well, they stop replicating themselves and they just start dying. And you're aging. Really? Yeah. And the, and the, and, and the one that was in... Uh, and uh, you know asking him the questions says why did they do that he said we don't know but there's a certain time and that they have a time lock in them and they just start deteriorating and then he describes cancer and then they asked him what do you what do you foresee in the future he said well what would you think about I don't know he said but it's quite possible they may have bloodless operations with no blood. And, oh, how, how, he, couldn't, he couldn't explain that, but he said they, they might do that. Well, it might be, maybe, maybe he was talking about the laser. Yeah, right. Laser shaving and laser cuts and so on and so forth, which they do today. But here's a, here, here's a man that he couldn't just tell why. So we say now, so it won't, it won't fright you if I say, well, we believe things that we can't explain. Right. And so Jesus, now through the prophet of God, Jesus is telling us. Now have I yet 
I don't, I don't want you to misunderstand that. But Jesus is telling us. We needed to hear it. We needed to hear this message. We needed to hear things that he told us through a human's mouth. And some people could see, well, I'm going to give you a very personal testimony just now. Brother Branham said to me, he said, Brother Organbright and some of the brothers want to take him uh, to the Kodiak Islands in Alaska where the giant bears are and so on because they only could see him as, as a hunter. And what was in my heart was to give him a rest. Whether he shot anything, or that, that is irrelevant. I just wanted to give him a rest. The woman in the Bible, she said, she didn't notice Elijah or Elias. She just saw a holy man. She said, this holy man that walks by. She said to her husband, can we not give him a, could we not make a little room here in the, yeah. in the basement? And maybe, uh, yes, it'll cost us a little bit, but couldn't we have a room and have a bed for him to lay down on? And a pitcher of water and right. something. What is she talking about? Great mysteries? No, just things that women do. And it was in her realm. And they said, uh, well, so they created that. He was a prophet of God. She didn't know it was the prophet of God. I didn't know it was the prophet of God. I didn't know about Malachi 4. I hadn't put that together yet. But as soon as he spoke it out of his mouth, I said, of course. Of course. Everything I've seen. Now that interprets everything I've ever seen. In his life and in his ministry. Of course. Brother Brandon says of the 12 that he was left with, and one destroyed himself, became the son of perdition. And he said, and the other 11, he said they could not understand it, and they could not explain it. So that is why I'm going very slow, because I, I'm, I want to announce to you that you believe something you cannot fully explain or understand. So don't even try. He says, and if you do, if, if, if there's a hungry heart, like the woman at the well, she was a, a failure in life. But she needed the answer that the Son of Man had. And there may be somebody here today, young or old, I'm not going to appeal to anybody or beg you to come forward. I'm not going to do that. But I am going to say you will need to believe something that goes beyond your teaspoon of ashes up here. It has to go beyond figuring things out. It has to go beyond your time zone into some place that faith lays a hold of it. Faith is something that just happens. It, you just see it and it becomes so clear. Amen. Amen. And so now we're on this side of Calvary where the, 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 there's a mysterious part of the Son of Man and I want to explain that just a little bit. Is that alright? 
And this comes right down to your address. On this side of Calvary, one of the difficulties, and I hear the brothers preaching, and I see God seeking to drive it down to tell you who you are. Jesus had to believe that he was something that he couldn't prove. He couldn't prove he was virgin born. He couldn't prove he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. He couldn't prove that. And incidentally, if you have a real mature mind, he came from the other side of the womb and broke the veil coming out. You understand me? Yes. She was virgin. And he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. And was birthed. He couldn't prove any of that. But he believed it. He believed it. Jesus, your Savior, believed some things he couldn't explain. And he didn't try to explain it. And you can't explain it. And I can't explain it. But I believe it. I believe he's the virgin-born son of the living God. And when, when Peter said to him, Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah. You want to be blessed of the Father. We believe these things, yes. And I believe that God sent a vessel in this end time. And and folks, you have the privilege, you have the opportunity. You wouldn't want the Lord Jesus to come and stand in my suit and say, No, didn't you hear what I said? Well, I, I, Lord, I didn't know it was you that was saying it. I thought it was William Branham that was saying it. No, no, it was me. Don't you know this is the same question I asked Peter? I asked, who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're this and some say you're that and some say you're something else. But who do you say it? It's not what other people say, it's what you say. It's not what some other church says, it's what you say. What is your confession? And your confession will be, will be something beyond your human understanding. It will be. Say, why do I believe this? I don't know why I believe it, but I do believe it. I believe it because he has done things for me. He's picked me up. He's made me into a person I couldn't be any other way. And that's the crux of the message. And that's why your prophet spoke the message, who do you say this is? I'm reading that message right now. So I want to know what does he say? I'm not asking what does he say? What did that son of man, this Lord Jesus Christ, say 
my wife may, is here, and she may not know, but she said, I'm trying to get that message that you spoke, the other angel. How many have heard that? In 1978. And my wife says to me in the last two days, she said, I don't think you even know what you said there. And she just hung her head and she said, that message. I said, well, I remember speaking, saying Moses went to the wilderness. He went to the wilderness of failure. He went to the wilderness a murderer that you wouldn't want to follow. You wouldn't want to say, well, this is our prophet that we follow. And others would say, oh, I know that he's accused of murdering an Egyptian. Really? That's your Bible. That's your word of God. This is the true book of the word of God. And that's what it says. Now, friends, I just I, do, I don't want us to be hypocritical. We want to be honest with ourselves. Say, would I follow him? Well, God called the people that followed him his people. And God has called the people that follow this message his elect lady. His elect lady. The almighty God. Let, let me just, I'm going to bypass a couple of things here. And, and do you mind if I... This is one of the most profound, we may call it a quote, it's beyond a quote. And I want you to just take your time, please, and absorb it. Now a prophet, he's talking about his his purpose, God's purpose. And he says, we want to find out what this threefold purpose. The first thing was that God wanted to reveal himself. I'm talking about a God. Well, I'll let him explain it. He says he couldn't do it as a great Jehovah God. He wanted to reveal himself. He wanted to make himself known. That was one of the things that was in him. And he says, the great Jehovah God, he could not do it as a great Jehovah God who covered all space, all time, and eternity. He could not. Now let's just stop there. If you want to figure something out, figure that one out. A being that covers all space and all time and all eternity. Come on, all you brilliant educated ones. Give me the answer to that. You didn't want to hear this message, did you? He said he was too great to ever be revealed to people. Because it would be too mysterious. How could that great being, and I've thought about this now, you're listening to me, over the last few months, 
I've given, I've given myself, I've just pondered. And I talk to him all the time. And I recommend that you do that. I recommend that you talk to him. Talk to the God that you haven't seen. Talk to the God you can't figure out. Talk to the God that's beyond the wisest of men and the wisest of theologians. I've got thick Bible encyclopedias. And I tell you, I just get sick to my stomach reading and them trying to explain the Son of Man. I quit. I didn't read very, very much. And you know what they said? This is where I stopped. In the late 1960s, in the late 1960s, I was already, late 1960s, the seal's been opened, the church ages have been preached, and, and God ascended and, and revealed, and Jesus Christ revealed himself. Either that or Luke 17:30, take it out of your Bible. But he's already revealed himself. And he says in the late 1960s, the great scholars and the theologians, and I, I, I was going down below zero by the time I got to that point. But the great, this is, and I, I, I listened to what they had to say, and they said in the late 1960s, they determined that it was too contradictory to have the title of the Son of Man. Up to that time, they had associated the title of the Son of Man and had interpreted it to be messianic or to be uh, connected with the Messiah uh, because it would be too, uh, too contradictory to associate that title with the, with the... So in the 1960s, they decided they wouldn't do that anymore. And I just wrote them off then. Because I thought, well, in the 1960s, we already had a prophet who couldn't explain, couldn't explain it himself and, and, and says it. And, and I'm, I'm going to read you what, a, what a, a, someone from Kentucky... That was the flesh man. But the Son of Man didn't start in Kentucky. He started his revealing. The revealing of himself in this end time. But the Son of Man is the Son of God. And maybe I'll just drop this in. Brother Brandon was asked a question in 1964. You all listening? They said, Brother Branham, some people say that the pillar of fire is the son of man or that you are the son of man. And, uh, and, and I believe that the pillar of fire is the son of man. And he says, uh, well, that's a very good question. That's a very good question. He said, now, I am a son of man, but I could not be the son of man. He said, Jesus Christ was the son of man, the son of God, and the son of David. He says, I couldn't be that. <laughs> he couldn't be the son of God, and the son of David, and the son of, uh, the son of David, and the son of man. He couldn't be all of those. But he said it was a good question. 
He says, I am a son of man. And this is the mysterious part. Revealing the son of man. And, and that's where we run out of space. Don't try to figure that one out. And then someone says, well, I can read the quote, so I'm better than you. No, no, no. Let's just figure this one out. How could that great being that never did begin, that after you went beyond the cycle of a hundreds of billions and trillions and trillions of years of light space and on out into the infinite, into the eternity, and a great creature that was all that and still is. Now, if we if we don't go any further, we've run out of all the aggregate, all the collective wisdom of humanity. It's just a bunch of dust and ashes. Right. It's not going to, but that doesn't do away with the Son of Man. Now listen closely, please. But what he wanted to do, what he wanted to do, he loved fatherhood. I, I want you to just get this because you'll get into Brother Biscoll's heart and mind if that's worth anything. But what he wanted to do, now he's in the past. He's way back who knows where. Maybe trillions and trillions of light years, I don't know. He wanted, he loved fatherhood, and he wanted to make himself known to people. Listen, folks, this being, this kind of God that you call Father, wanted to reveal himself to you. And in order to do that, and then he goes on. Now this, to me, is absolute evidence of a prophet. What he wanted to do. Are you listening? He loved in this being. Now, now we have somebody standing here on earth preaching a service. And you and I, with whatever intelligence we have, we can read it. He says, and what he wanted to do. And then he breaks off. He said, he loved, still in the past, he loved fatherhood. Here's this great being, eternal being, that you call your father. And the only way you can do that is because he loved fatherhood. And he wanted to be a father. Aren't you glad? There isn't a theologian in the world that can tell you that. And without any expense to yourself, you're invited. 
You're invited by this God. I want to show you who I am. And when I do, He knows we won't be able to comprehend it. He won't, we won't be able to explain it. But He wants to make Himself known. And the prophet of God says, And He was, He was, past tense, He was a father. He loved fatherhood. And He was a father. He goes and reaches into the very attributes and characteristics of God, telling you and I in a plain, simple language, He loved fatherhood. Because he was a father. And then now I loaded, and the only way. Would you say that with me, please? Only way. Would you say it once more, please? Only way. And the only way that he could express it. That's what he wanted to do. The only way that he could express it was to become a son of man. When did you call, O oh, Lord Jesus? You may call him Lord Jesus, O oh, Lord Jesus. But when you, when you speak of him, think of this word. He's the only way. He's the only way that this eternal God could come down. And come into a body. He had to conceive a woman. And now we have a simple prophet of God come out of your nation of America out of Kentucky and speak things that would be unlawful almost to say but he speaks things and he explains to us and he says the words of the prophets in the Old Testament he said their words anchored into the womb of Mary and brought forth Jesus Christ. And we cannot just sit here glibly and, and uh, uh, nonchalantly and, Oh, Lord Jesus, I love you. Oh, you just have to love Jesus. Forget it, friends. Most of the people who say that don't even know who he is. He's the expression of, of the Almighty One. This eternal God said you go back trillions and trillions and trillions of light years and he still is he's all of that and he still is and that's the one he wanted to come down here to 18306 186th street he wanted to come down to Cloverdale call you brother John Tell the people, call your brother Tim. Yeah, we experience things. And his arch enemy would love dearly to destroy you. Right. Destroy your family or destroy your personal self. But God says, this God I'm speaking about says, thus far and no further. Who's 
your fear. And no wonder the Apostle Paul and Brother Aaron McGeary so eloquently spoke of. The Apostle Paul could say, Who will separate us from the love of God? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Who can attack this kind of God? Light is greater than darkness. Faith is greater than unbelief. In one place the prophet of God says, You may not believe, but we'll do it anyway. It'll happen anyway. Because the faith that he had was greater than the darkness. I know. I sat with questions. I sat with questions and 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 my understanding of the scripture. And Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bore a son and she called his name Cain for I received a man from the Lord. And I spoke that and he said, that's exactly the truth. Right. How can you say that? That's my defense. And he blew my defense away by agreeing with me. But you need to read the next verse. And she again bore his brother Abel. And they were twins. As soon as he said they were twins. He said they've always been twins. I saw twins all through the scripture. Saw Isaac and Ishmael and Jacob and Esau. And then he went on. He says and Jesus and Judas. And he said, said, people think three died at Calvary. He said, there was actually four. And he put his hand up like this. said, Jesus, the son of man, took one to heaven. And Judas, the son of perdition, took one to hell. Right. Good. Who could do that? Right. Who could say that? And he says, and now... Antichrist and Antichrist. They're still twins. And every revival bears twins. Am I running across some things that you have found in the various messages? I trust so. And I'm, I'm doing what I promised not to do this morning. Is it quarter past twelve? Is that what it is? Okay. No, my watch has been stopping. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure it hadn't stopped. I believe, friends, and I'm only on page one, but I, I believe that it's imperative. I believe that it is urgent. And, uh, I'm going to go to a certain phrase that Brother Branham made. He was asked a question on baptism. And uh, he said... Uh, For you that are teachers at BCA, he said, let me give you, he said, let me just give you a keynote on that. After he had read 
several pages or spoke several pages on the baptism and explaining it to this person how that Peter did not disobey the Lord Jesus in Matthew 28 and and Luke uh, I'm sorry Acts 2 does not contravene well you you just know all of that but this is what he said about it he said now I'll just give you a keynote on that and notice keynote is a keynote comes from the playing of a note before singing. Hello, Brother Ryan. You hit a note before singing, and the note played determines the key in which the song will be performed. A keynote in public speaking is a talk that establishes a main underlying theme at political or industrial conventions or at academic conferences, the keynote address or keynote speech is delivered to set the underlying tone and summarize the core message or most important revelation of the event. And so now Brother Branham in 19, I think 57, is answering a question. Or 1964, he's answering a question on baptism. Mm -hmm. But as you go down, you know where he goes? He goes into the scripture and says, Who do men say that I am? And he says, He says, Abel had a revelation that it was blood. Nobody told him that. But he believed that. And nobody told him. He said, Cain did not tell him about himself. He didn't, he didn't tell Cain. Cain did not tell Abel. He didn't get it from Cain. He got it from God. He knew it was blood. It had to be blood. Listen to me, friends. You say, oh, well, I believe that. You, you don't even have your th- yourself to thank for that. You have one to thank, and that is that God, your Father, would send his Holy Spirit to you at some place, at some time, through your parents or through a pastor or through a minister, to say one word to you. And you anchored it, and the Holy Ghost anchored it in your heart and would not let it go. And it could not... It, 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 You just could not be shaken from it. That to me, and the prophet says, that's revelation. That was his keynote. He says, let me give you a keynote. And his keynote is, whether it was baptism, it's a revelation. Whether it's the Godhead, it's a revelation. And I can tell you one thing for certain before I finish here. To understand the Son of Man is simply to say... I believe that. I can't explain why I believe it. And I cannot detail it. And I can't satisfy someone else's inquiring mind. But I believe that. 
Somebody asked him, he says, I got a wife or I got a husband or whatever. It was, it was a marital thing. He says, they don't believe it. And I, I, how can I, how can I, he wanted to know how he could cast the devils out and how he could get her to believe it or get him to believe it. And he said, it, it was a woman, it was a woman. And, and he said to the man, buy her a box of chocolates. <laughs> You may wonder why we're smiling, because that's the kind of advice uh, sometimes we need. Because the keynote was, it has to be a revelation. And then he said to one individual, he said, just make them thirsty. You just live, and what if I die and they're still, well, that's fine, die and leave them thirsty. And leave them thirsting for the water of life. Until the woman at the well said, Evermore give me this water. That's who Brother Benham was talking about. He made her so thirsty. Said, Sir, give me this water. And you notice, please, just notice and I'll close. He asked her the, a very simple question. Out of this bosom of one that came from the Father, out of the bosom of a man of Galilee, his brethren are here, the people said. His mother and father are here. We know where he comes. We know the cra cradle he was, he was rocked in. We know the place where he was born. We have all of those things. No, that's, that wouldn't make him, out of the bosom of the Father is one, the man's side became weary. And he sat down at the well because Jesus of Nazareth was weary. And he sat down. Here comes a woman who's in a disastrous state. You wouldn't want her for your neighbor. Right. She's had five husbands, five, five failures, and now she's living with the sixth one. And the God of eternity, you're very, very quiet, and I'm glad you are. Do you know this God? Do you know him? You have to know somebody you can't explain. He's not done with the woman. He just asks, says, give me a drink. And right away she responds at the same level. Earthly, physical, body level. But you are, you are, th you are made of three. Body, spirit, and soul and as I, at the body he says give me the drink and she responds at the same level she said well, she's maybe the way he's dressed she said you're a Jew I'm a Samaritan we don't have dealings one with another he said if you knew who I was you would ask me and I'd give you a drink. That you'd neither come here to 
draw water. She says, where will you get this water? This well is deep. And you don't, you don't have any rope or you don't have anything with you to draw water. Where will you get this water? He said, it'll be in you. A well of living water. Said, sir, just stay with me a moment. Sir, give me this water. I don't know your situation. I don't know exactly your experience, but every believer needs this water. Amen. You need to know that you have that well of water within you. It says you won't come here to bring water or get water or drink. And then she turns and he says, go and get your husband. Now that was a messianic sign. And he displayed that and she knew. This is more than just a Jew looking to me. Said, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Now that moves me. But that's still not far enough. It moved her. And she became religious. And that's where everyone gets religious. So, oh, well, you know, I know that you, you must... You Jews say that we should worship in Jerusalem. And we say you must worship in this mountain. And she didn't know. She didn't have an absolute. Right. And maybe before you were baptized, you didn't have an absolute. And maybe you still don't know who was talking to you. And she still doesn't know who's talking to her. Right. Said, I, I know when the Messiah comes, he'll tell us all things. And the same mouth that said, give me to drink, now says something different. He says, I that speak to thee am he. Amen. She didn't have to try and figure out where he was born or who his mother was or who his father was. She, she knew, right? and the prophet of God tells us what happened. The light struck the seed. And I want to tell you as believers, at some point in your life, the light struck the seed. And you can't explain it. It's just something that happens. I see some of you young people here. I was about 18 when the light struck the seed. And I don't know why. And my wife, you could ask her if you dare, if you wish to. But as a young person, there was no message. And I would read parts of this Bible. And I would weep until tears from my eyes would fall on the pages. And I would say, I don't know why, but I just love the Word of God. I love it. Young people, you can, like, you can know the person. You can know the author of this book. You can love him. He'll, he'll talk to you. He loves young people. 
He loves young people. He loves families. You that are fathers, he'll talk to you. He has something to say. He has a, he has a special interest in you. Oh, it just breaks me up because I just desire so much that you come to know him. He's been such a friend to me. And if I never speak again, I want you to know he's the dearest friend you could ever have. And he wants you a lot more than you even need or want him. And this woman said, that's when the light struck the seed. The prophet of God said, that's when the light struck the seed. And she just knew. She dropped her water bucket, ran into the city, and started to say, come and see a man. A man. She wasn't worried about where he was born or where he lived or where he was educated. This is something different. It goes beyond. And that's what I want to say to this congregation. I want to say to the people in the balconies. We believe something that goes beyond this human intelligence. This human intelligence will get you absolutely nowhere. You could be the greatest success in the world and go to hell. Go to a sinner's grave. Excuse me for being kind of crude, but there's one place where everyone is on that same ground, and that's on the slab in the funeral home. They're not interested how what kind of a success or what kind of knowledge you have or what your PhD or your doctor of divinity or anything. Those things that all the scholars and the theologians, one thing for sure, you're all on the same level on a cold slab in a funeral home. And then someone gets up and tries to say a eulogy and they say all nice things. Isn't it amazing how everybody wants to go to heaven on that side, but they don't want to go on this side? They want to just satisfy the flesh and enjoy the world and, and have all of the entertainment and all the, all the games or whatever more. Why do you want things on this side that you don't want on the other side? I can tell you, friends. I can tell you. I tell you because you believe me. When you lay on a hospital bed and you don't know whether you're going to come out that same day. You don't know whether you're going to live. You don't know whether you're going to see your daughters or family again. I was so happy. So happy. Those of you that have been here. And you've known a bit of what we've gone through. I don't talk about it. It's not worth it. But one thing I was able to look up. I just felt like this piece of wood. Well, if I don't come out 
All I can say is the record's already been written. It is what it is. And I don't feel any regret or sadness in my heart. And I don't feel any animosity. I don't, I don't feel there's anything. There isn't anything I could think of that I needed or wanted to make right. And I say to you as my friends, whether it's good or whether it's right, that's what you want to be able to say. Amen. I don't want to rush in and try and make things right at the last minute. Amen. I don't want to pray for a miracle the last minute. I said, if that's what it is, that's what it is. Amen. So God bless you. I don't think I need to. I could take a couple of minutes and just have you read these slides with me. Would you like to do that? And if you want any notes, we could print the slides out for you if you wanted to. You'd have to see Brother Aaron Hardy. I'll just be very brief and quick with this. Speaking of the woman at the well, he was trying to catch her spirit. And when he found where her trouble was, he said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have any husband. He said, that's right. You caught five. She said, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now we know that when the Messiah cometh, he will tell us these things. But she didn't know who he was. Now what is the sign of the Messiah then? Those works. She said, you must be a prophet because I know when Messiah cometh, he will do these things. But she couldn't understand who he was. He said, I am he that speaks to thee. Now if that was the sign of Messiah in that day, and he's risen from the dead. It's got to be the sign of Messiah today. Amen. Is that clear? Yes. It's, the, it's the messianic sign today. Amen. Nathaniel said, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He said, You come and see. When he saw him coming, Jesus looked at him. He was going to perform his messianic sign on him. He said, Behold, I am a, behold an Israelite in whom there is no guile. You know, friends, this, I'm not preaching. I'm talking to the sheep, Brother Kyle. This Messiah talked to you. Same one that talked to Nathaniel has talked to you. You've heard him. He saw some quality in you. Behold, an Israelite in whom is no guile. He said, when you know me, when did you know me, Rabbi? That astonished him. He looked up and said, Rabbi, you're the son of God. He told him, 
who he was and who his father was. Now Nathaniel, you know that the Messiah is to be a God-sent prophet. God is to be in, in the Messiah because he's to be a king of the prophets. But he's to give us the messianic sign according to the scriptures. And if this man would do this, wouldn't you believe he was a prophet? Yes. Now the Jews to receive a Messiah, he had to have a messianic sign because of Deuteronomy 18.15. Just listen to this. Proves what the Messiah would be. And if what he showed them was the sign he was a Messiah, that will remain through all generations there is to come as long as there's a person to receive it. That is why prophet of God in 1956 would say Jesus Christ starting the first time he used it Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever and then preached that he's identified in all ages Paul was the first messenger and what did he do declared war on the Orthodox Church for not believing the messianic sign that Jesus had produced to them. Remember Paul came come to the end of the age, came at the end of the age and all messengers come at the end of the age. It's at the end time when these things are brought forth. Now here we are just past it. So where are we? If he was standing here and you were sick, you would say, Jesus, heal me. He would say, I've already done it when I died at Calvary. But now he could, he could prove that he was Jesus by showing you the messianic sign that he was Jesus. And he promised to do it. There is just no loophole for the devil to get away, isn't it? He is, as he is concerned, isn't he wonderful? And I, I, I want to end on that. There's just, there's no loophole for the devil. <laughs> I think that's a good place for us to stop. God bless you. Would you like to stand? And Brother Derek, if you would come up, please, and just sing a song and close the people. Just bow with me in prayer, would you please? Lovely Lord Jesus, how we love you. You are indeed the lovely one. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to come amongst us. While we cannot go to you, Would you please come? Would you please speak, O Lord? And I believe you have already spoken. I see the attentive look of the people on the faces of the people. And I believe that you have talked with them. There are things that you have spoken to me personally, and you've spoken to each person personally. And they can never, ever shake that out of their hearts. Amen. 
It's been anchored there by a divine act of revelation. It's something you do. It's beyond human understanding. We can't ex even explain why are we here and what have you got us here to do. But we just keep moving forward. Lord, because we believe that one day we'll take a step and it'll all be a new world. It'll be a whole new dimension. It'll be a whole new time. And we'll have gone through a body change and not even being able to explain it or reveal it to others. Oh God, how I thank you for this body of people. I thank you that we have this church we can gather in. I thank you for the message and the messenger that you've sent. And I pray, Father, that we will each one have this experience. In Jesus' name, bless the people, I pray. Amen. 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 I'd like to sing that chorus, Brother Derek. He came to me. Could we please? to this congregation thank you Jesus for coming to me would you like to say that would you like to join thank you Lord Jesus for coming to me when I couldn't come to you you came to me you found me in my degradation and you found me in my, my unbelief and you found me in my bondage you found me in my sin but you came to me he came to me
you, Lord Jesus. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Tell him how much you love him. Lord bless you. We'll see you this evening.